0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the many, many blessings you've poured upon us all throughout this day, and now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. We truly thank you for it. Please be with us now as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z and the word last, if you will turn to the Gospel of John in chapter 6, and here we see the setting where the Lord is teaching a, a group of people that followed him after he had fed the multitudes, and they were seeking him and asking questions and here in verse 28 then said they unto him what shall we do that we might work the works of God and Jesus answered and said unto them this is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? Now they just got through being fed a miraculous meal, and yet they're wanting more signs. They've seen many individuals healed and other works, but yet they're still asking for more. As they continue in verse 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Of course, speaking of himself, was being that bread, they were not comprehending it. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should rise it up, at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And that's where we get our reference to the word last is raising him up at the last day, raising us up as speaking of getting that glorified body. And as he continues teaching here, let's go a little further, because he starts to explain some about this bread and the bread of life. And you see the reaction of many of them. There is, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Emphasizing it. He said that term, raise him up at the last day, three times now in this teaching of them. They're not hearing it. They're not understanding it. They don't even want to understand it, many of them. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. See, this process is done by the Holy Ghost. Calling people to come, they must respond to that. He allows us to be a part of his work in allowing us to be witnesses, to work in the kingdom to reach others, to help others, to help teach others, assist others. He doesn't have to have us, but he allows us to be a part of that work so we can build rewards, blessings, and so forth. But ultimately, the Holy Ghost is one that does the real work to call them in initially and then we are allowed to be a part of that call many times. As he continues, Not that any man hath seen the Father, save He which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that is, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread... He shall live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He was speaking in a way that they were not comprehending, unless it was being revealed to them by the Holy Ghost. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? See, they weren't thinking spiritual reference. They were just speaking and thinking in the physical world. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Of course he was not speaking physically to consume his flesh like a cannibal and to drink his blood like a vampire no he was speaking of taking him in when we consume the Lord that means we take it in and become part of us just like the food that we eat becomes a part of us when we take the Lord in and receive him in he becomes a part of us nourishes us strengthens us and we grow this bread shall live forever. And as he says, he will raise him up in the last days. That's getting that glorified body, raising up into another body. Of course, when we become born again, we are spiritually alive and never to die again. And in the last day, we will receive a glorified body. And that's what he's speaking of there in that being risen up, raised up, as he teaches some more about this when he was speaking to Martha and Mary because Lazarus had died and was in the tomb and he was fixing to raise Lazarus from the tomb. And in John chapter 11, we see this encounter with Martha in chapter 11, picking it up in verse 21 Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, Martha was aware of the teaching And believe the teaching of the Lord. Speaking of that being risen up in the last day. But here Jesus was talking about just shortly. Because just a few minutes later he raises Lazarus from the grave. Verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So then he encounters Mary and goes, and they take him to the tomb and the Lord speaks and Lazarus comes up out of that grave. They roll back that stone and Lazarus walks forth bound in the burial cloths, but here he was teaching her about how he has and thus how he has the power of resurrection, how he can give someone life again and physical life as well as an eternal spiritual life. But the key question there is, believest thou this? We have to believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and life. And to truly believe in him, to take him in as that bread of life, to consume him in such a way that he becomes part of us and we become part of him. All right, now turn to John in chapter 12, here speaking of judgment in the last day. In John chapter 12, pick it up in verse 44. Once again, we see the Lord teaching. Reads, Jesus cried and saith, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And the judging in the last day, the judgment that will come upon of us, all of us, the judgment that will make the difference of whether we go to heaven or go to the lake of fire, and according to what we have done in our body, we will judge be judged for our works, receiving rewards or losses In accordance as well. All right, now go to the book of Acts. And here in Acts, we see shortly after the disciples that were in the upper room received the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost and began to preach. And here, Peter, part of Peter's sermon to the crowd that had gathered around that were there in the area because of. the celebration of Pentecost from many nations that had come in speaking different languages and they were speaking in those various languages and the people were surprised by this, amazed by this and picking it up in verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. See, they were accusing the disciples of being drunk because they were able to speak in tongues, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, to be able to be given the gift of speaking a foreign language clearly where somebody can understand it and say that that was from the influence of too much alcohol now nah. as he continues verse 16 but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel or Joel of the Old Testament and it shall come to pass in the last days saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's awesome. Especially that last verse there. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So call upon the name of the Lord. We know it can't be much longer till the Lord comes back receives this up initiates the judgments of the last day and then that final judgment that is to come so we got to be ready for it yield to the influence of the holy ghost trust in the lord call upon his name become born again so that you'll be raised up in last days All right now if you will turn to first corinthians first corinthians uh, book written to the church at Corneth by Paul, and here he's speaking of his experience as being the last of the apostles to be called by the Lord in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go ahead and do the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and applies so well to the events of the last days. And it reads, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Whereas speaking of according to the scriptures it means it was fulfilled, prophesied in the scriptures and fulfilled. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. Now this is referring to when he was on his way to Damascus to arrest more Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem to be horribly treated and some even killed. And on that road, the Lord saved him. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I have persecuted the church of God. But by grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. It's awesome way he keeps giving God credit for everything he's been able to do, which we all are supposed to do. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preached, and so ye believed. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. See so referring to a false teaching that was started and confusing people, because the Sadducees did not believe in the bodily resurrection. It means, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. He's saying he raised from the dead. It's like he referred to back there. He was seen of above 500 at once. This continues. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. This death is speaking of result of the fall of Adam and Eve. Back over in Genesis chapter 3. This continues. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the first fruit. Afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. There again it referenced the word last and the last enemy, death. That Death is separation. There will be no more separation. There will be no more separation from our bodies, and there will be no more separation from God. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued to him, then shall the Son also be, "...himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead raise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily." If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus and what advantages fit me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Like if there isn't any resurrection, if there isn't a life everlasting, if there isn't a life after this one, then what is of any value? You might as well just party till you drop dead. Then it's over with. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. They have not the knowledge of God because they reject it. Willfully ignorant. But some man will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, but one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead." It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in honor, in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it? That was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We are going to receive a body that we cannot comprehend. We cannot understand it right now. And he gets into the description of this event when we receive this glorified body in the last day. And he puts it so well as how it is going to be completely different from what we know and understand in our physical world right now. As he continues in verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed." incorruptible i mean something that will not decay will not rot will not wither away something immortal for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Awesome what we have to look forward to, and it will be coming to us so quickly, as he said back up there in verse fifty two, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, that's quicker than the blink of an eye, reads at the last trump. The trumps are signals, the signs, they are points of designated events taking place. So at that last one, at that last moment, the trumpet sound, boom, it is time and then we will receive that glorified body. Then we will be raised up to be with the Lord, be in the air with the Lord. We will receive that glorified body so quickly, so awesome. And as we go to that section so often, and let's go ahead and read that over in 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 4, and verse 13, where he speaks of this moment. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall be unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God. And we just heard about that last trump. With the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Very comforting words. To know that we are going to receive a glorified body. That will not ache, will not have the pains, will not have the sorrows in that last moment there when we receive that. It's going to be such a glorious event. And we're going to be able to take that wondrous, glorious body and go over into the millennial kingdom, rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years, and then go on to the eternal state. And the Lord tells us that we're going to be able to be like Him. In whatever form he chooses to be for eternity, he's going to allow us to be in that form. So much to look forward to, and it's going to happen so quickly. So we got to get ready, and we got to get out there and get busy sharing the gospel with others, so that all the others can come in and enjoy the blessings of the Lord in the last days. Let's pray, Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father. We truly thank you for the time that you allow us to be able to get into your word and help us to really cherish that, to utilize it properly, encourage us to share what we learn with others out there as well. Because we know these events that you teach us about in the last days are going to come to be because all the prophecies have been fulfilled. We know what is next, and that is for you to give us that glorious body. We thank you all so much for what we have to look forward to. Encourage us to share it with others. Lead God and direct everything we say, everything we do, as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.